Welcome back to After Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC Auckland, Derek the Black Beast Lewis versus Mark Hunt. And man, we're back at it again for another card. Yeah, man, I'm uh, pumped up for this card. Black Beast, Hunt, we got Dan Kelly, the old man. And uh, and we got uh, Hooker and Ross, you know, Jan Cudabella and Enrique De Silva, you know, dudes that come to fight. So uh, I'm pumped up. Now, before we talk about our bets and our plays, let's quickly talk about the new featherweight champion, Max Blessed Holloway. I mean, you know, obviously one doesn't simply knock out Jose Aldo, but one doesn't simply full mount Jose Aldo. We know that when you're on top of this guy, he scrambles up to his feet so quickly. And I know he was hurt, but man, Max has a serious mount. I mean, yeah, I thought it was a late stoppage, to be honest. Um, I mean, how many unanswered strikes do you have to... Even if the dude's telling you that he's okay... There's a, it comes to a point where if a dude lands 70 unanswered strikes, you have to stop the fight. Um, so I thought it was a late stoppage. But as far as Max goes, I mean, you could honestly say he's, in the future, is going to be the greatest featherweight of all time. I mean, the run he's been on, I mean, he beat Lamas, Jeremy. Um, Cub. Cub. I mean, all the top dudes. And he's only got Frankie left to clear out the division, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, Max is a legend in my eyes. I mean, he's got the longest win streak in UFC featherweight history. Yeah. Not Connor, not Aldo, none of those guys have an 11-fight win streak in the UFC featherweight division. So he's already a legend. He could retire today, and it's going to be a long time before anyone ties that record. But, uh, man, the way he was so calculated out there, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not going to toot the horn too much, but it's like, you know, the first two rounds, he kind of did what he always does, lets, you know, he feels you out, and then he goes out there in that third round. Once he sensed that Aldo slowed down even a little bit, he put it on him like no one's ever done before. Yeah, I mean, that was a beautiful thing. I mean, that... uh little uh manipulation of the timing with that one too like after he threw it the first time and he threw it again i mean that's some high level stuff it really is man so i mean i'm pumped for this uh holloway versus frankie edgar fight you know i hope uh it's close to a pick em. i know who <laughs> i got we'll, we'll talk about that when the fight comes up but uh you think they're gonna line that one close yeah i mean frankie's frankie you know what i'm saying he's coming off a dominant win where he just derailed a serious hype train so yeah i do think it's gonna be a close line all right, well, let's get right down to business because, oh, and real quick, before we start breaking down this card, we got to let the fans know that we got a new segment of the show called the Big Marley Minute. You know, the fans have been asking us for DraftKings advice for all this time, and I mean, I'm not qualified to give DraftKings advice, but then I remembered one of our good friends, Kyle Marley, is considered one of the top guys on planet Earth in DraftKings, and now we're uh, lucky enough to have him on the show. You know, right before we do the fight to watch and fighter to watch, we're going to get the, the big Marley Minute in for that DraftKings advice. So, going to have all the bases covered now, but let's get down to business because we got Damian Brown. He's minus 120. The comeback on Vince Pichel is plus 100. Man, it's been three years since we've seen Vince Pichel fight, but, you know, back when we saw him on the Ultimate Fighter, he's a very tough dude to deal with. Yeah, I mean, Vince from hell Pichel is what they call him. Um, You know, I enjoyed his fights on Tough. I mean, he comes to fight. Like, all his fights are... Blood and guts, like back and forth, brawling. He's a brawler. And he's actually got some good takedowns. We saw that in that uh, Njikawani fight. You know, he suplexed him. Even the Garrett Whiteley fight, even though, you know, Garrett's not UFC level. But, you know, he won those fights f fairly handedly. Um, when this fight got announced, I think I told you, you know, I was scared to bet Brown because I felt like if Pachel was healthy that he could win this fight. But he's coming off a three-year layoff. And, I mean, you already know how I feel about those layoffs, man. I can't. I can't bet on you coming coming off a serious layoff like that. Not even, a, I'm sketchy about a year layoff, you know what I'm saying? So, especially three years, 
you know, that Damian Brown fight um, against uh, Cesar Andermania here in Atlanta, you know, he put it on him right away. He showed he's got good boxing. Um, I think he's getting constantly better. I mean, the speed of his hands, I feel like, has improved a lot from when we first saw him against Alan Patrick, where he just looked like, not shit, but, you know, just not UFC caliber, per se. And then now he's going out there against Tuck and outboxing him. And um, I just think coming off a three-year layoff, he's just going to be a little bit a little bit too much. I think Pachel's game, I feel like Pachel will get around in this fight, probably get a takedown, you know, beat him up a little bit. But I just think Brown's, the cardio, his, more, uh, his activity in these three years is just going to be too much for Vince. And I feel like he's going to win a close 29-28 decision. It's going to be a good-ass fight. You know, Damian Brown's a super tough guy. He takes his UFC debut on four days short notice against Alain Patrick, and he even landed a takedown there against Patrick, man. He got on top of him that first round, but, you know, the four-day short notice kicked in, and he got grinded out the rest of that fight. But then he goes in there, wins, gets a first-round knockout, and then his fight against John Tuck. Go back and watch that one because that was a very gritty performance by Damian Brown. He gets dropped in the first round, and he goes out there and wins the next two rounds decisively. I mean, well, you know, the last one was kind of close, but the way the way he the, the way he put it on him in that second round, I, I, I was very impressed with it, man. And you know, he's a guy that used to be a 500 fighter, but now he's won seven of his last eight, and that shows me that you know we talked about it on the show because I had him and Vince on, and Damian told me that you know early in his career he was one of these guys that would just take the wrong fights. He would take any fight, you know. He was down to fight anyone, but now he's put in the work. And now he's ready to shine. That's why you know you look at that record and you're like. Oh, oh, you know, he's a he's a 500 fighter or whatever. But that's not really the case, man. He's, he's putting it all together now. So it's about where's Vince at, man? Three-year layoff, you know, I don't care how mentally strong you are. I mean, you know, I, there's got to be a little bit of rust there, man. You know what I'm saying? So I would imagine Damien gets this done, especially being in New Zealand. But we've seen crazier things happen before in the UFC, man. So I'm going to stay away from a bet. But uh, my pick will be Damien beat down Brown via decision. Now, next up, we got Tim Elliott, 225, and the comeback on Ben Wen is plus 185. Yeah, man, I'm excited about this fight. Um, you know, Tim Elliott, crazy scrambles. We know he's all over the place on the feet. He's loose, very loose. I mean, not very good defense. And we know, you know, in the past, Ben 10, I think Ben 10's been knocked out five times in his career. And we know, um, but I feel like, you know, those are probably due to the same reasons you were saying about Damian Brown just now, you know, probably taking the wrong fights at a young age. Um, ben Ten's a completely different guy. I mean, we've seen what this did did to uh, Ryan Benoit, like just smoked him. Um, Gian Herrera recently. And, um, you know, Tim Elliott, I feel like he's a high-level guy. But as far as the matchup is concerned, I do know he has those cra he has that crazy scrambling ability, but we can't sleep on Ben Ten's scrambling ability as well. I know he did get absolutely hammered by Lewis Smoker, but I feel like it was just a case of Lewis Smoker being hot at the time. We know this game is a game of runs. Who's hot and who's not? People can be on a five fight win streak at one mom one moment and then the next day be out the UFC. I mean, look at Gray Maynard, for example. Look at him now. I mean. You know what I'm saying? So like, like a Brandon Vera. A Brandon Vera. Uh, a Ronda Rousey. You know what I'm saying? Holly Holm. You know, it's a game of, it's a game of who's hot momentum. and who's not momentum. And I feel like, you know, he was just a victim of Smoker just being hot at the time. Not saying that he didn't make mistakes, but I just think Ben Ten is good enough to hold his own on the on the mat. I think he can get back up to his feet, and I think when they get back on the when they get when they are on the feet, I think he will piece up Tim Elliott. I know Tim Elliott's stuff. I don't think he's going to get knocked out. But I think Ben Ten's going to land 
big shots on the feet, snap his head back, and he's gonna and he's gonna drain Tim Elliott. Once he starts getting hit with bombs like that, his takedowns are gonna be less effective. He's gonna be you know a little bit more scared to shoot in, and I think Ben Ten's gonna win a decision here. Well, firstly, I think Tim Elliott is one of the most overrated fighters on the UFC roster. Yeah, he's fun to watch. He does cartwheels. Yeah, he's, fun. He, he's I mean, yeah. great. He's great. He's cool. But let's be honest here. I mean, the dude is open. You know what I'm saying? He's very open. I mean, what's most important is that he doesn't really win fights. I mean, he's one and four in his last UFC fights, his last five UFC fights. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't he's win. An ex- yeah, he's exciting. He, he's yeah. a free TV fighter, bro. He doesn't win fights in the UFC. A yeah. Fighter, yeah. He, he won uh, his last fight against Smolka, who, like you said, the he's moment, on his way out. You know? Smolka, I don't know what happened, bro. He, he's, he's he lost a game it. Of momentum, you know. What I'm but he, here's the thing with Smolka versus Ben Ten, because you know, if you look at the results, I heard some people going. Oh well, Smolka beat Ben Ten, and Elliot beat Smolka. Therefore, so <laughs> therefore, <laughs> Elliot's gonna beat Ben Ten. It's like it, this game doesn't work like that. Like, how many times have, have we been so have we been fun. shown that MMA math doesn't mean jack shit? You know what I'm saying? So, to me, that doesn't mean anything. And another thing about this fight, man. Okay, so let's talk about Smolka versus Ben Ten. The fight starts out, and Ben Ten full mounts him within the first five minutes of the fight. Okay, so when you full mount. A guy like Smolka right away, you're probably like, oh, I'm getting the better of these grappling exchanges. I can just do this from here on out. So he's like, all right, I'm going to engage him in a scrambly type of fight, which you know you don't do that against Lewis Smolka because Lewis Smolka is the kind of guy that he'll let you full mount him so he can scramble his way on top. He even did that against Elliot sometimes. He would end the rounds on top, but he, you know, he'd lose the first four minutes, so it wasn't enough. Because to... the drive isn't there anymore. Dude, honestly... Ben showed that he can scramble early on in that Smolka fight, but eventually he gassed out. So it's about approach here to me. I don't think that he's going to, you know, try to go out there and out-grapple Tim Elliott. I think that he's learned from his mistakes, and he's going to know what he's got to do, which is keep the fight standing. And Tim Elliott's coming in here cutting a ton of weight. This is a guy that was like, I'm done with 125. I'm, I'm trying to go up to 135. And now he took this fight on three weeks short notice while he was out, you know, having benders in Thailand getting wasted every night. Trying to make 125 here, I dude, he might miss weight. I won't be surprised at all. But I am gonna pick Ben 10. I think that you know eventually Tim Elliott's gonna be the first one to gas, and Ben 10 can blitz him. Now, if Ben 10 goes out there and gets out wrestled, that's gonna be a shitty way to lose a bet. But I'm gonna go with Ben 10. I'm gonna wait till I get the plus uh, 200 on it. Now, next up, we got this one's gonna be exciting, man. We got Alexander Volkanovsky. He's minus 450. The comeback on Mizuta Hirota. Is plus three sixty. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, how could you not like Volkanovski in this spot? I mean, we know Pugnus has heart. I mean, he's coming off that win against Cole, but we know Cole's on his way out of the fight game, and we know Cole didn't want to be there. We know Cole was beefing with the UFC. We knew his head wasn't in it. This kid Volkanovski is in it, and he's in it for real. I mean, what he did to Kasuya, I'm not gonna. Although he did finish him, I mean, Kasuya looked like a. F- like an idiot out there still holding on to leg locks while he's getting grounded and pounded. But, I mean, go back on the regional scene, you know what I'm saying, and look at this kid Volkanovski. I mean, he puts dudes out, you know what I'm saying. And um, Hirota, he's a tough guy, but I just don't see him presenting any threats to him. I don't think he's going to take him down. Volkanovski has the better wrestling, in my opinion. Um, Only way I see Volkanovski losing is slipping on a banana peel and just a fluke happening. Um... I would imagine Volkanovski is a parlay leg for everyone, to be honest. But the line's kind of high-priced now. But I'd still, I'm that confident that he still gets the job done. 
I mean, you already saw I put four units on it at minus 275. And, you know, once everyone saw that I bet it, they bet it up to minus 450. So, you know, now I, obviously you're not going to put four units on it. You might consider parlaying it, but I don't blame anyone for passing at this point. But at the price I got it at, you know, that's a. I wanted a max bet it, but it wasn't quite good enough for a max bet. I need minus 250 or better for that. You already know that. But minus 275, all right, I took that, put four units on it. And basically what I think about this matchup, and firstly, let me give a quick disclaimer. I bet on Hirota's last fight against Cole Miller. I mean, come on, that was, well, why wouldn't you fade Cole Miller every single UFC fight? You know what I'm saying, bro? But in this spot, man, I feel like Volkanovski is the more athletic guy, is the stronger guy, is the faster guy, is the younger guy, is the fresher guy. He's fighting at home in Australia. Well, New Zealand, you know, right next door. And another thing, man, Hirota doesn't really win fights in the UFC. You know, he's like one and four in the UFC. You know what I'm saying, man? And he gets taken down by really shitty wrestlers. You know, Rodrigo, Dam, Hani Yaya. Uh, there was another one in there, man. But uh, Teru dropped, <laughs> dropped him like two times. And even that first round with Cole Miller, Cole, the first four down, minutes. Dropped him, dropped him. The yeah. first four minutes, Cole was winning that fight. Yeah. I, I didn't remember that it was so close yeah, for the first yeah, four minutes until I rewatched. But, uh,. You know, in this spot, man, I think that Volkanovski, you know, he's a rugged dude. You know, he used to play rugby, and he's so damn strong, and but he's very aware in there. You know, he's able to use that wrestling. And, you know, it's funny because, it, you know, he's Australian, so we laugh, oh, Australian wrestling. Listen, man, these Australians, it's not a joke anymore. Australian mixed martial arts isn't that joke that you laugh at anymore. I mean, you got Robert Whitaker fighting for a world title. You got Dan Kelly in the top 15. Tyson Pedro in the top 15, and now you got a guy in Alexander Volkanovsky who I think is going to make big waves. You know, his only pro loss was at welterweight. This guy's shorter than 5'6", and he fought at welterweight, you know what I mean? So now dropping to 145, I think that's going to be a big benefit here for him in this fight. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have to agree. I mean, like I said, I just don't see how Hirota pulls this out. I just think Volkanovsky is a future... Uh, We'll see how he goes. I think he's a future top 15 guy, at least on the verge of that soon. But um, I just think he's going to smash him. And next up, we got Jan Kuteleba. He's minus 300, the comeback on Henrique Da Silva. Frankenstein is plus 250. Yeah, this should be a good fight. Probably could be fight of the night here. I mean, Jan Kuteleba brings it every single time, and so does... Well, Enrique did for, you know, his first, uh, his first couple fights, but then uh, his last fight didn't go so well. I think it was more just matchup. He was fighting a D1 wrestler who was looking to take him down, but he got beat on the feet as well. So, um, and Jan, that Paul Craig fight yeah, Paul, was. Yeah. <laughs> let's not talk about that one. I mean, let's just say Enrique has diminished. I mean, with that, both of these guys have the fighting style that doesn't produce a long career in this game. They both, I mean, let's talk about Jan. I mean, he debuts against Misha. You know, I was high on this guy coming in, I, I feel like he still has potential. You know, he comes in there against Misha, which is a tough debut. We saw what happened. Okay. Then he comes back against John, uh, Jonathan Wilson. Looks really good in that fight, to be honest, in my opinion. Even though he got caught with some straight lefts, I felt like he put it on him. He had showed good hands. He disguised that overhand right with his jab. He, like, popped the jab two, three times. Then he threw his right hand. So it wasn't too predictable. Um, and then his last fight with Cannoneer, you know, I just felt like he I felt like he could have won that fight. I thought he in that third round he just made some slight mistakes like you know he got he gassed out you know what i'm saying and cannonier took advantage of it um when he sh when he tried to get those double unders and got taken down um enrique i just feel like i hate to say it but i think he's on his way out after that last fight when he laid an egg like that against uh, johnson and he showed no type of fight back in him 
So I think uh, Jan, it's gonna it's gonna be a close fight early. But I think uh, the later the fight goes, even though they both have cardio issues, I did think uh, Jan's gonna land a big shot somewhere in the second round, and I feel like he's gonna finish him. I'm gonna go the opposite way, man. I understand that Jan is a big favorite here. He's minus 300. He's very hyped up, but the way that his fights go is. He has to get you out of there early, man. You know, the two times he's lost in the UFC was because he failed to get his opponent out of there early, and then he gassed out and either quit like he did against Misha, or, you know, even though he didn't get finished against Jared, he, he still quit in that fight. You know what I'm saying? He, he stopped fighting in that third round. So, you know, in this spot against Henrique da Silva, Henrique's the kind of guy that takes that ass-whooping up front, and if you start to slow down on Frankenstein, that's when he starts to put it on you. That's when he throws that big liver kick. That's when he starts to swarm you. So... It's interesting. So it's either Jan Kutaleba is going to kick his ass until he wins or Jan Kutaleba is going to kick his ass until he gasses out and Frankenstein takes over and wins. And I'm going to go with Frankenstein taking over later in the fight and winning and getting that upset. But I won't bet it because, you know, the way he quit against uh, against the Bear Jew and the way that he didn't fight back against Jordan Johnson, that, yeah. was, that was really bad too, man. So, you know, I don't trust either guy, but the price is too yeah. wide for me. Yeah, I mean... Even, I mean, like, Jan, he's got good grappling as well. I mean, let's not forget he full-mounted uh, Misha in that first round. I mean, even in that third round, even though he gassed out against Cannonier, he got some takedowns early. He just made one big mistake when he tried to get those double-unders. Um, so I, I think his cardio is improving a slightly a little bit better as in comparison to Enrique where he just he showed no heart in that Jordan Johnson fight. He seemed like he was checked out. So I think Jan's got more heart. Slightly better cardio, better hands, and better will. The thing with that Jordan Johnson fight, though, is that you know Jordan's got one of those fucking wrestling tattoos, man. You know, you know, you know, Jan's <laughs> not about to go fucking grind I mean, him for three straight. Yeah, you're right, you're right, but he can take him now. Yeah, early, I think he's gonna get his ass whooped. But the thing is, Jan has to put you away, or or he starts I mean, to gas out. He went three hard rounds with Wilson, who's also known for gassing out. But, I mean, his cardio level... We saw what Henrique did to Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> his cardio level didn't look... His cardio level really didn't drop off like that. I mean, he put it on him for all three rounds. Got that 30-27 on all cards. Um, took him down, beat him on the feet. And uh, really didn't... I mean, he got Wilson landed some straight lifts, but, I mean, it was an asshole. We'll see who's mentally on point <laughs> on, on Saturday night. I'm very curious about this one. But next up, we got... Dan Hooker, he's minus 160. The comeback on Ross Pearson is plus 140. Now, you know, we've been eyeing Hooker for a while in this spot, man, and I wanted to bet him, but, you know, I don't like this price very much, especially when it opened minus 110, and now it's minus 160. Uh, not too much value on that line, my man. I wanted to pick him to play Hooker. Not going to play it at minus 160, but I do think that he can do a, a longer version of the Stevie Ray game plan, man. Stay on the outside. Use that southpaw stance. Throw that left that left straight, and just pop the head back of Ross Pearson. We know Ross is slower than he's ever been in his career at this point, and he's just going out there taking L's. He's showing up for a paycheck, and, you know, he gets 50 every time he shows up, you know what I mean, just to show. If he wins, he gets another 50, but, you know, he's coming there for that that easy 50K, just show up, lose the decision, and I think Hooker's going to run circles around him, 30-27 on two scorecards, 29-28 on the other one. Yeah, see, I don't see a, I don't see that big of a problem in playing it to be honest. Because I mean, I feel like Ross Pearson should be on everyone's automatic fade list at this point. I mean, we know he's on his way out, um, and we know these dudes moving up a weight class have a lot of success. I mean, how many dudes moving up a weight class have shown us that? I mean, look at a uh, Poye, Masvidal, um, Robert, Rob, um, Kelvin, uh, 
I mean, all these dudes moving up a weight class. John John Lineker, you know, all these dudes moving up a weight class have success early, have success early. Not saying that Dan Hooker is going to be a top fifteen guy at lightweight because I don't think he will be. But in this spot here against a guy that is predictable that throws a, sh- a straight right and a left hook every single time, and this is not the Ross Pearson that sh- uh, that beat Paul Felder. That dude is long gone. I mean, this dude. I mean, remember that Masvidal fight where he got his ass whipped that second round and his brain shut off where he thought the fight was over? I mean, that's how <laughs> that's how deep into the game Ross Pearson is. I mean, the fight game can be brutal, and they are, I mean, it's weighing on Ross bad. I mean, I just think Dan Hooker's going to win a 29-28 decision here. I think Hooker is not a very smart fighter. I think he does a lot of dumb shit, but... um. Like I said, Ross is on his way out. Like you said, he's probably here just getting a nice little paycheck. But, um, yeah, I like Dan here. You know, it's funny you bring up what happened between Ross and Masvidal in Atlanta because a lot of people don't know what you're talking about. But in that second round, so Masvidal goes out there and drops Ross Pearson. Now, at the end of the round, Ross thought the fight was over. So he goes over to George's corner and gives him, he gives George a hug. George has to tell him, bro, we got another round. Like, <laughs> Ross puts his hands up yeah. as if he won the fight. It's like, bro, you just lost two rounds. And the second one, second one was arguably 10-8 Masvidal. And you're trying to hug him as if the fight's over. So that was a very scary moment, man. And, you know, since that point, you saw that Stevie Ray fight. That was a pretty clear 30-27 for Stevie Ray. And now we got Hooker, who is an even longer southpaw. He can apply the Stevie Ray game plan, but be a little slicker and longer with it, man. So I like the fact that he's moving up to 55. I like him to win a decision. Hopefully he doesn't drop the ball. I mean, the reason I'm not going big on something like this is because Hooker's still a 500 fighter, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's he's yeah. not some, you know, he's not some dude Trust, we're, we're yeah, super yeah, high yeah. on. It's just the spot, you know, yeah. fading Ross. But I need a better price to, to bet it. But in terms of a pick, yeah, I got Hooker all day. This next one, man. I'm stoked about this because we got Derek Brunson. He's minus 270. The comeback on Dan Kelly is plus 230. Now, just a short couple months ago, man, Derek Brunson was going out there and starching everyone he fought. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, he he met our our good friend uh, Robert Whitaker, and you know the whole uh, suicide mission. You know, blitzing with your chin straight up in the air that came to a screeching halt. And then he gets you know a 41 year old Anderson Silva, which you're thinking, you know what, man, you know. Here's a little bounce back. This ain't this ain't the same Silva that we used to see, and Brunson completely abandoned the whole you know blitz you approach, and he wanted to play it safe like he did against Chris Lieben, like he did against Lorenz Larkin, and it came back to bite him in the ass. So is, is Brunson gonna be able to blitz him here? All right, my thoughts on Derek Brunson is the same thing we were talking about earlier. He was a case of being hot. He was on a nice little momentum streak. And he is showing me all the signs that it's headed straight downhill. All right, so we know Derek Brunson for blitzing dudes. He's got that uh, good wrestling background. I mean, this is a dude that you remember when he uh, almost beat Yola Romero. Like, he was that good. You know what I'm saying? Was. Was, exactly. Was. Then he goes in there against Rob, and I don't know what the what the fuck that was that he did. Like, I've never seen. Like, the old Brunson blitz was not that bad. Like, I mean, his chin straight up in the air. He's swinging, missing every single shot. Like, that looks so bad. And he gets knocked out. And, okay. So then you got the chance to go in there against the greatest of all time. And you pull what you did against Chris Lieben, like, what, five, six years ago. And you don't, you don't do anything. And then you complain that you, that you won the fight when, let's be honest here, neither of you, did, neither of you really did shit. And in terms of blitzing, 
this is the dude you want to blitz. This is the dude that has the chin problems. And he didn't have that confidence anymore because what happened in that Rob fight. So I feel like Derek Brunson has is lacking in confidence right now. I feel like he's his style, his approach, his approach is figured out now. Just like how we said about Lewis Smoker earlier. Like um, Holly Holm, he was just a case of momentum. And he's fighting a dude, Dan Kelly, who, you know, let's not forget Dan Kelly broke Antonio Carlos Jr. He just beat Rashad Evans. I know he had that mishap against Alvy, but he's only lost one fight. And he's riding high right now. He's on the momentum swing right now. Dan Kelly is what we would call hot right now. And, I mean, let's be honest here. Even though the dude's old, his boxing is his boxing is fucking solid. I mean, he's constantly moving forward. He's got that judo background. And the way Brunson's been shooting his shots lately, I mean, they look like shit, to be honest. Like, they look sloppy. And I feel like he's on the downswing now. And I feel like at plus 230, why would you not be willing to see if, Rock, uh, if Dan Kelly uh, could break this dude? I mean, we know Dan Kelly's going to move forward. We know he's got a solid chin. We know he's got good cardio. He's coming off the biggest win of his life in Australia, co-main event, plus 230. Why would you not bet that? No, I feel you here, man. Here, Here's the reason, you know, here's the case people would make for Brunson. You know, he's the more athletic guy. He's the faster guy. He's the more powerful guy. But, I mean, Rashad was all those yeah, things, too. Everyone's like that. Carlo, when Carlos Jr. was the biggest favorite on that card, what happened? I mean, Kelly, you know, survived the storm in the first round, and he broke him, the, and, he broke him and finished him. And I feel like that could be another case here against a guy who I feel like mentally, I mean, how could you be feel, feeling after that streak you were on? You go out there and look. I mean, that was awful against Rob. <laughs> I mean, that was He took horrendous. zero time off yeah, exactly. after that. Horrendous. And then you jump right back in there and you stare at Anderson Silva for three rounds. And you don't even, even if you want to go back out there and do what you did against Rob, I feel like that would be the time to do it. I mean, against Anderson, who's 41 years old with a, a fat gut and whose chin is glass gone, chin. a glass chin who's gone, why would you not do it there? Because you respected him too much? I mean, this is not the game for respect. Fuck respect. At this at, at this stage of the game, fuck respect. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like he's a, he's a, mentally he's on the downswing. I agree, man. I think he's got that bully mentality that we were talking about last week with Vitor. If he knows he can beat you, you know, like, like with Uriah Hall, he just kind of, he was trolling him on social media all camp. He had a mental edge in that fight because he kind of felt like he could go out there and bully him. But, you know, ever since Rob put him in his place, I mean, the dude ain't been the same. Not only, you know, did he not take any time off after the Rob Whitaker fight, but, I mean, he left Greg Jackson's. He's been doing the home gym thing i just don't think his head's into it anymore and i think that if he doesn't blitz dan kelly and get him out of there in that first round he's going to start to question himself again and that's when dan kelly can take over the fight now look we got to be honest here man there is a legit possibility that Derek brunson is going to put him out put him away in the first round but he better do it in the first round yeah now you know i spoke with dan kelly last week and i asked him i was like look man we've seen two different versions of Derek Brunson. We've seen the guy that goes out there and blitzes you, and we've seen the guy that plays it safe, like in the Silva and the Lieben fight. And Dan said that he's accounted for both of them. He's ready for both guys. And he's gonna he says he's gonna know right away if Derek Brunson wants to, you know, wants Come to get him out of there yeah. or if not. So he's gonna be prepared. It's just a matter of is his body gonna hold up because you know, that time when he tried out for tough, you remember, you know, he got injured right away, maybe he gets take taken down and his knee blows or you know, you know, any, that kind of shit could happen. Don't be surprised if he gets injured and loses. But if Derek doesn't get him out of there early, Dan's gonna break him. I mean the way that Dan traps the hands and throws that straight left down the pipe 
And, you know, it comes out of nowhere. Like, dudes I mean, think that he's yeah. stiff, you know, because he looks stiff and he's slow and he's old, but it and comes out get, of nowhere. And then, and then, then you get caught and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> then then he, he bounces your head back. He Remember pops your he head back. Kamozi and Kamozi's coming out there, circling with his hands down, smiling and shit. And then he gets cracked with the left hand real quick and he's like, oh, fuck. This shit just got serious. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, like when your dad used to pull out the belt and yeah, spank you yeah, with it. You exactly. know what I'm saying, man? Give you a nice little grown man ass with him. Yeah, I mean, over here in the South, we know about that. I don't know about y'all up North but uh, or on the West, but no. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm going to go with Kelly, but as far as a bet, man, I want plus 2.5. You know what I'm saying? I want plus 2.5. I, I wouldn't get too greedy here, man. I feel like this is a really good spot for all those reasons I just said, man. Like, I feel like he is headed down, down, like, stock down, like how I said about Smoke and Holly and all them before. Yeah, it's a brand of error. I think this is a possible case of that. And at plus 230 in the guy's hometown, I just don't see why you wouldn't bet that. Maybe because I'm trying to play it safe with Volkanovski. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. I mean, Dan Kelly is the pick here, but, you know, obviously I got reservations for obvious reasons. Because he's old and you're, you're worried about him getting KO'd. Yeah. But you what know, happens when he doesn't get KO'd? He wins. <laughs> the, the guy's a winner. The guy is more mentally strong. You know, it's funny. One guy is a it's superior athlete. Himself. Exactly. And he's the other guy athlete. is superior in the mind. And exactly. Mental fortitude goes a long way in this game. So as long as Dan doesn't get stopped early, I think he'll take over. So we'll see what happens. Next up, the main event. We got Derek the Black Beast Lewis. He's minus 130. The comeback on Mark Hunt is plus 110, and Jesus Christ, Mark Hunt took another fight. <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, I mean, like, you know, I kind of went back and forth against this fight. I know Mark Hunt's been KO'd stiff. I mean, he lost to Brock Lesnar. I mean, that says enough. I don't give a fuck if Brock was on steroids or not. Like, you should go out there and smoke fucking... You should go... He should have went out there and smoked him. But, man, I'm getting that, like, classic feel of, like, where everyone's on one guy and then... And we all think the dude's done. And this is the heavyweight game. This happens a lot at heavyweight where we all think a dude's done and, like, out of nowhere he just comes back and gets, like, a solid win over, you know, like a, a hyping a dude that's hyped up uh, like Derek Lewis. You know, I think Derek, Derek should should go out there and smash him, but, like, we can't we can't dismiss the fact that he's very, he's very what's the word I'm looking for? Not predictable, but... He's basic. I mean, we we know what he's gonna do. He's gonna come out there. He's gonna try to maul either maul you to the ground and you know get a nice little ground and pound savage, or he's gonna try to just sit back with his back on the fence and wait for you to come in and counter you with something big. And you know when you play that game at heavyweight, anyone could go down fast. And you know I know Mark Hunt's old, but we can't forget what this guy's accomplished in the past. I think they. I think Lewis is overrated. I've always said that in my opinion. I think eventually he's gonna get. He's on. He's what. He's you know riding this little momentum wave. But I think eventually he will be brought back down to reality. Um, so you know I'm getting that classic feel where like everyone's taking Lewis. So I'm gonna go with Hunt. Okay, and you know what? I'm gonna go with Lewis. I'll tell you why, man. First of all, I think that Hunt should retire. I mean, ASAP, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. How many times have we said that about certain heavyweights, and then they come back? How many times? Think about all the. Look at the heavyweight top ten. Who we all said that about? They've all had these bad little streaks. That's true. And they, and they Arlovsky back, back in Strike Force. Ben Rothwell, uh, Overeem. Give me somebody else. Uh, oh, that's true. Even Sigano made his way Sigano, back to the title. Sigano. We all said he should have retired. Um, 
when he remember when he lost the fucking Overeem, we all thought he's done, and then he comes back. I mean, it happens at heavyweight all the time. Frank Mir for that little stretch, we all thought Frank was done, and then he got hot for that quick little second. I mean, so I just get that classic feel about this one. I understand, but and also, you know, Hunt is the more technical fighter. But the thing with Hunt, man, is you know, once again. Similar to other fighters on this card, I think he's just showing up for a paycheck. I mean, this is a guy that's suing the UFC, but he gets like seven fifty to show. You know what I mean? So Hunt's like, man, I'm gonna fight multiple <laughs> times a year. I don't care if you face plant me with a knee like Overeem did. I don't care if you lay on me for three like Brock did. You flying knee me like War Doom did. Now I, I hear people talking about how. Yeah, Derek's been winning fights, but he looks like shit in those fights. So what, man? We don't get... Listen, when when you make a bet on someone, you don't get paid based off how they looked. You get paid based off the final result. And with Mark Hunt, you could be like, well, he's lost a lot of fights, but he's looked good in them. You know, like the War Doom fight. He went out there and dropped War Doom twice. Yeah, but if you bet on Mark Hunt there, you would have lost. So... To me, I, you know, he might have some early success against Lewis, but I think Lewis will eventually win. And also, let's talk about this Lewis fight versus Big Country because I know it's a controversial decision, but the areas that Big Country had success in were the takedowns. You know you know who's not going to shoot for a takedown, right? Mark Hunt's not. So they're going to have to stand. And while Derek was standing with Big Country, man, you saw him throwing flying knees at Big Country. You saw that one punch in the last 10 seconds of the fight where where Big Country spit went flying out of his mouth, you know what I'm saying? Derek Lewis can stand and bang, man, and I know he takes a lot of damage early on, but he finds a way to win. It, that's all that matters when you're betting on fights, man. So, you know what? I think he'll find a way to win. I think that Mark Hunt's also going to be a little gun-shy because he's been, I mean, he's on the downstri- uh, downswing, man. He's been looking like total shit, showing up for a 750K paycheck so he can help, uh, you know, fund his lawsuit against the UFC. So, <laughs> I think that... Derek Lewis is going to take him down, get on top of him, and pound him out. So, I got the Black Beast via KO. Yeah, man. Um, you hit you hit some pretty good points there. But I'm looking to fade Derek soon. This is not the time, but in the future, I'm looking to fade him. Well, you got a plus mind if, to fade him here. Give so. me give me, give me a Volkov versus Derek. <laughs> you think Volkov will do a nice little jab a and nice run? Nice little runaway 29-28. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about some of these prelims, man. We got T-Bout, the, the jobber Gaudis, minus 110. The comeback on the maestro, Dong Young Kim, is also minus 110. Uh, man. I, no offense to anyone that's French out there. I generally don't go with the, Fren- the Frenchies. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'll take maestro Kim in this. I mean, even though he's coming off that uh, Polo Reyes fight. He had a win after that. Oh, he had a win after that. He'd be uh, our favorite fighter, Brendan O'Reilly. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I'll take Kim, man. I like his style, man. He's got heart. I mean, Polo fucking cracked him like 30 times and he still didn't quit. And if it becomes a war like that, God, he's going to have to put him to sleep, which he could do. But if it becomes a back-and-forth war like that, uh, you know, I think he'll prevail. But, um, you know, God, he could... You know, pull this little uh, Canadian style he's got going now, that little tri-star runaway, you know, cl- a close decision. But I could see that happening, but I'll go with uh, Kim. I mean, look, if it becomes a war, then Kim's going to win because Gowdy's got no heart. But the thing is, man, you know, Gowdy has been putting in work with Six-Gun Gibson. We'll see if that's made any difference because Gowdy actually does have some hand speed. He can crack. It's just that when he gets cracked, I mean, <laughs> the dude doesn't believe in himself whatsoever, and he'll quit, at, you know, at the drop of a hat. But Maestro Kim, I mean, you saw Polo Reyes just 
wobbling him all over the place. You saw Dominic Steele KO him with a slam. You know, it's they're both very low-tier UFC fighters, but you know what? Tubelt Gowdy's back's up against the wall, and, you know, four-fight losing streak. I think he's finally going to get that first UFC victory here. That might be fight of the night as well, you know what I mean? Someone's going to go to sleep, I, I got that feeling, or quit and embarrass themselves. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Now, next up, we got John Moraga. He's minus 160. The comeback on Ashkan Mokhtarian is plus 140. Now, Ashkan is what we like to refer to as an Ashkan. You know what I'm saying, bro? Like, you know, because I, I heard people talking about how he was the number one flyweight in Australia, so I went to go watch the tape, and... It was very underwhelming, Shaq. You know what I mean, man? And with John Moraga, because, you know, obviously we look to fade John Moraga every fight because he's also on the downside of his career. But I wasn't impressed with Ashcan at all, man. I think that Moraga's actually the rightful favorite here. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know me, man. I, I love to fade, you know, Moraga. I just feel like he hasn't improved. I feel like when it gets in crunch time, he folds every single time. His game, like I said, hasn't improved. I mean... He's tough, you know what I'm saying? But he's very beatable, especially when it comes to points. And I feel like he fights down to his opponent's level. I mean, not when he's fighting, uh, you know, the Sergios of the world and the Benavidez's and the top guys. But even when he fought, um, you know, Willie Gates, like, he's worried, like, bro, you should go out there and smoke him. But he's fighting close. He's losing round. He, he lost a round to him. I feel like he's going to fight to Ashcan's level here, and I feel like it's going to be a close decision. I do see Moraga pulling it out, but, I mean, going on going on in the future, Moraga should be on your automatic fade list. So you think Moraga is going to be the number one flyweight of Australia I mean, in New far, Zealand? As far as I'm concerned, Ben 10 is the number one flyweight <laughs> in Australia. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, you know, I mean, in terms of, I guess, not in the UFC, yeah. but... This, I mean, this dude's a can, man. I mean, I mean he's such a Mar can that can but, is in look, his name. But anyone out there, man, if you're just wanting to throw a little crapshoot out there, anyone on this card that will fuck up John Moraga is that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, man, Ashcan has can in his name. <laughs> Need I say more? But, uh, I mean, Chicano John, how many times is he going to drop the ball? You know what he I'm saying? He drops the ball every single time. I mean, that's why we fade him. Sounds like you want to pick Ashcan, bro. I mean, if he didn't suck so bad, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Watch him go out there and starch Moraga. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? That time's coming. I mean, Moraga finally got dropped that last fight. Yeah. I know it's against a guy that's a whiz, but still. I mean, still. he's been dropped before, but. Like that, though? Wobbling all over the place? Yeah, not like that, but. Bleeding from his eyes in front of his son. <laughs> in his hometown? Yeah. It was bad. Yeah, but. I want I want Moraga to I actually want Moraga to win this fight so you know when he fights someone a little better in the next fight I can look to catch catch him. Sergio gave Moraga a tour of the octagon. <laughs> Straight up, bro. <laughs> and he fought Southpaw that whole time. Yeah, man, him and Moreno is gonna be such a good fight. Yeah, and um, I got Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> now next up we got Zach Otto. He's minus three thirty five. The comeback on Kichi Kunimoto is plus two seventy five. Now this is kind of funny. Um. Zach Otto's going to split decisions with Josh Bergman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he lost to Volkman. Who lost to Volkman? Oh, oh, oh yeah, Volkman choked his ass out. out. It, that was real bad. <laughs> that was real bad. Uh, the thing with Kichi Konimoto, he hasn't fought since Brandon Thatch fought Benson Henderson. 
Yeah, I mean, like we said about uh, Pachel earlier, the layoff issue, man. I mean, he's coming off that loss with Magny. Um, he, before that, he was on a three-fight win streak, though, as far as I'm concerned. Well, the, uh, a questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put it. It was. I mean, when we talk about Richard, well, I mean, he lost. When we talk he about lost. that three-fight win streak, we talk about a DQ where he where he got knocked out. <laughs> we talk about a split where we thought that he lost. And, yeah. and one fight he legit won. He beat Daniel Serafian. So yeah. that's it. So he's really one and four, one and three in the UFC. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, he's coming off that layoff. So you know I'm gonna go Otto's favor, but um, I don't I don't understand why he's that big of a favorite. I mean, because he fought close to Sergino. I mean, let's be honest here. Sergino likes to fight close. I mean, he went out there with uh, Chagas, who was like 22 at the time, and you know when he was supposed he was like a almost a four to one favorite and. You know, look how close that fight was. I mean, obviously, you know, Chagas is way better than Otto, at least in my opinion. But uh, I'll take Otto just because he's been active, man. Yeah, I'm going to go with you as well, but this price is a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. I don't so don't, don't be yeah. parlaying a minus 335 do not, here. Do not parlay Zach Otto, and do not play the under two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kichi Kunimoto, uh, well, firstly, I think it's set at one and a half, which is kind of weird. It should be, but it's like minus like fucking two something oh, okay. for the over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People jumped on it right away. But Kichi Kunimoto, you know, he posted a couple pictures, and you know, he, he's he's dripping uh, magma. You know what I'm saying? He, <laughs> he's burning a hole in the ground when he pisses. But the thing is, man, when that when you know that ring rust and that layoff kicks in, none of that you know your muscles don't mean shit. So uh, I ain't really worried about you know that Brazilian help in this case, man. I think that Zach Otto should. Should grind it, but you know shoulds only go so far in this game. So we'll, we'll see what the hell happens here. Yeah. Now next up, we got Dominique Steele. He's minus one sixty. The comeback on Luke Jumo is plus one forty. Wasn't there a guy named Luke Kumo in the UFC? Yeah, and he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Luke Kumo, and now we got Luke Jumo. Um, I mean, look, man, Dominique Steele. He can wrestle his ass off, but the thing is, man, he gets wobbled. Every single fight, and even against guys like Court McGee, okay, I mean, his chin is deteriorating. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets, oh man, the the Zach Cummings. Zach Cummings fight was real bad. Even back on the regional scene. Now the thing with Luke Jumo is, I know on the regional scene back in the day he lost to Jake Matthews and Li Jing Liang inside the distance. But since then, he put his head down, he grinded, he's on a win streak now. I couldn't find too much tape on him. I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, I saw a highlight reel, you know, attack with triangles off his back, comes to fight, but. This is that UFC debut against a wrestler. We'll have to see what kind of level he's on. Man, I'm kind of wanting to pick the dog. It's just I don't know enough. I need to see full fights. I need to see what he's been up to in terms of actually watching the fights, you know, in their full duration. And since I haven't been able to do that, maybe if someone's got some links, hook them up. But they weren't on YouTube, man, besides that highlight reel and one or two early fights of his. So, yeah, I don't know, bro. I mean, but I also feel like they could be bringing in Dominique to lose and maybe they want to hype up this new prospect. So, I'm gonna actually go with the Australian here. Uh, I guess I'll go with Dom. I guess I'll go with Dom here. I mean, via wrestling. I mean, this is a dude that you know, arguably, I he arguably uh, beat Hot Chocolate. You know that that fight. Um, you know he's a he he's got a he knows where his skills lie. Let's put it that way. He does get wobbled every single fight, but he will constantly look to try to take you down. And uh, I see. I really don't know Jumo that well, but um, that UFC debut. Um, I feel like he'll uh, feel the jitters a bit and, you know, gas out due to being grinded against the fence. Well, Shaq, you ready for some DraftKings advice? <laughs> yeah, man, let's do it. All right, well, let's let's hit up Kyle Marley. It's time for the Big Marley Minute. 
And joining me now, the two-times DraftKings qualifier, the OG tout master, and now introducing the Big Marley Minute with Kyle Marley. Kyle, how's it going, man? Hey, not bad, man. Thanks for having me as part of the show. I appreciate it. Oh, man. I mean, listen, the fans have been asking for that DraftKings advice. They've been hitting me up left and right, but I'm not qualified to talk about that kind of thing. You know what I mean? But then I realized one of my good friends, Kyle Marley, is not just knowledgeable. You're you know, one, considered one of the top guys on planet Earth. So, man, I'm stoked to, to talk about this with you. Now, real quick, Kyle, before we talk about lineups and stuff like that, I need you to tell us noobs about what kind of games can we play for cash in DraftKings? All right, so in DraftKings, your cash games, those would be those would be your head-to-heads, your 50-50s, your double-ups, and even your three-mans. So something that you have a decent chance of winning. Um, so the difference between that and the GPPs, GPP is meaning guaranteed prize pool. So those are your big tournaments, the ones that are going to pay a good amount of money to first, a couple thousand dollars as usual, the top first prize. So those are always nice, but your cash games – are, uh, are for the grinders. If you think you're better than most people, you expect them to make mistakes, and you're probably going to beat them most of the time. Um, so for the cash games, those are more your your higher floor games. You just want four wins is what I like to say. Four wins, and you're probably good for the most part. Now, Kyle, I mean, am I looking for underdogs? Am I looking for finishers? Am I trying to fade the public? What exactly do I want in my DraftKings lineup? So for a cash game, you want if you're feeling good about underdogs, those are always great to have, no matter what kind of game it is. Uh, but you want the higher floor. So that's also a good reason to stack in cash games. Um, I like to stack the main event. Uh, Five-round fights, if, if it's going to go all five rounds, they're going to get a decent amount of points with all those significant strikes and takedowns. Kyle, that real, will happen real quick. In that 25 minutes. So, yeah. Sorry to cut you off, my friend, but – you got to tell us about this lingo, man. What do you mean by stack? <laughs> uh, stack would be using two guys in the same fight. So, like, last weekend, I stacked the main event. I had Aldo and I had Holloway in the same lineup. Therefore, I guaranteed myself the winner. And it turned out all right. I did pretty well in my cash games. However, the GPPs didn't go so well. Uh, but, yeah, so you don't want to stack in the GPPs because you're going to have a loser and you want six wins in the GPPs, the tournaments. But in your cash games, like I said, four wins should get the job done. So a stack would be all right because you're guaranteeing yourself one of them. You just got to find three somewhere else. Now, for this specific weekend, man, I mean, are there some underdogs that jump off the page to you? Just looking at odds, I also like to use odds, Vegas odds, for my DraftKings. So if you can find some value, if there's an underdog, I'm looking at one right now. Gowdy, he's minus 110. It's even line right now. But if you look on DraftKings, he is uh, he is priced at 7400 and Dong Young Kim is 8800 So if you put Gowdy in your lineup, that saves you a lot of money, and you can get those top favorites that you want. Uh, so underdogs like that, I always like to have on my team. If you can find some value in the Vegas line, I love those kind of underdogs. Now let me ask you about this one, Kyle, because we got Tim Elliott taking on Ben Wen, and I, I recall the last time Tim Elliott had a fight, didn't he actually go out there and break a DraftKings record? I believe that's right. Yeah, I think he had, let me look it up, 176 points. That's insane. In a three-round fight, like Demetrius Johnson, he can get 170 points in a five-round fight, but that's even pushing it. 
so 176 points is pretty crazy. He had 12 takedowns. Every takedown is worth five points. Well, those are adding up, and he had 14 advances. Every advance is worth three points. So if you can get an active fighter who's going to throw a lot of strikes on the feet, look for the takedowns. A fighter like Tim, Tim Elliott is great to have in your lineup. Well, let me ask you this, Kyle. Would this be a good spot to take the underdog because most of the public might be on Elliott here based on how the last fight went down? That's a good question. I thought you were a newbie at this. <laughs> yeah, so so more. All right, so for your cash games, like I said, you want the higher floor. So I don't mind Elliott at all in cash games. I'll probably even have him in mind. Uh, but, yeah, for the GPPs, that makes a ton of sense. So everyone's going to see that Elliott had 176 points in his last fight. So they're going to flock to him, and they're going to try and win a tournament with him. But if he's, let's say, 70% owned in these tournaments, and you go with the underdog, and Ben 10 comes out with a win, if it's a first-round knockout, 70% of the field is dead, and you're sitting there at the top looking pretty. So, yeah, that's a really good thing to think about when you're doing the tournament. So that's why it's a big difference, cash games and GPPs. GPPs, higher ceiling, cash, higher floor. Um, and you always, you always want to think about the percentages of ownership when you're in GBPs. Cash, it doesn't matter as much. Now, when you talk about the percentage of a fighter being owned, does it tell us that amount, or do you only find out after the fact? Yeah, you only find out after the fight card locks. It's kind of just guessing, really. Um, really, I use Twitter, podcasts, see who people are talking about, because a lot of people who play DraftKings are listening to these podcasts. They're following these people on Twitter, so... If you keep seeing the same name over and over again, there's a good chance he's going to be highly owned on DraftKings. So that's kind of how I base it. I do a, I do a Roto Grinders. I do their projections with Brett Appley. So you can sign up over there, and we, we do our guesses. But nothing is official. It's just the best we can come to guessing. And then as soon as the card locks, you can find out how owned everybody is. Um, but, yeah, it's really just a guessing game on the ownership. So, you know, Alex Volkanovsky, he's minus 320, he's a big favorite. But in this spot, you know, I could be wrong, but I feel like he's going to go out there and stop his opponent. And Mizuto Hirota is not known for scoring many points, I would assume. So, is this a spot where you take the favorite in DraftKings? Yeah, uh, I, I can definitely see me having a lot of him. He's pretty active. His last fight, he had 115 points. Yeah, I'd love to have that on my team. And I, I really don't see him losing this fight, so... I don't see me having any of the underdog on that fight. If I have anybody in it, it's going to be the favorite. Um, but he's also the highest-priced guy on DraftKings, so therefore you're going to have to get some lower-priced underdogs on your team to fit him in. I just know, I'm not sure if I'm that confident in him, uh, along with five, under, five other guys. So I'm not sure how much I'm going to have of him, but he will definitely be in some of my lineups. And before I let you go... Tell me your opinion on this one, man, because you're one of the best in the world at predicting Ross Pearson fights, and he's fighting Dan Hooker, so I got to know, what's the big Marley prediction on that fight? Uh, man, another close. I feel like the height is going to be, I don't know, a little bit rough for Pearson. I, I think it's going to go to the decision. I don't see him getting finished, but I don't know. I might have to avoid this one in DraftKings because I am going to pick Hooker to win the fight. Not really confident in it. Um, but he's also, uh, Ross Pearson is, let me check these DraftKings prices out. Ross Pearson is a, he's 7,900 on DraftKings and Hooker's 8,300. So it's about in line with the Vegas line. I think I would have to lean Pearson in 
DraftKings just to fit in more favorites on my team. Uh, so if I was going to be heavier on one than the other, it would be Pearson. But if I'm just picking a winner here, I, I got to go with Hooker on this one. I think he's just younger, and and uh, Pearson's on his way out. One last thing, Kyle. So you got a fight between Damian Brown and Vince Pichel, and it's literally a dead pick em. It's minus 115 apiece. Do you stay away from a fight like this, or is, is you know do you put both guys in the lineup, or what do you recommend? Because they're going to come to fight. That's the thing. Yeah, I agree. I, I like this fight a lot in DraftKings. I see a lot of takedowns in this fight. This could be scrappy on the feet and the ground. If someone can get taken down and the other person gets up right away, then you can get more and more takedowns, which adds up points. Um, and on DraftKings, I don't believe it's dead even. Yeah, it's not dead even, so you can actually get some value. And Vince, if you're looking for the value in an underdog there, um, and he gets a lot of takedowns, so that could be a really good pick. But it's in Australia, and if Brown wins, then he's probably going to – then Pushell's not going to get enough points to win you a GPP. So uh, I'm definitely going to have both guys in my lineups. I would lean towards the value right now. Uh, if, if the line is even, then I'm going to have to go ahead and take the value on DraftKings and take the $7,800 events over the $8,400 Damien. Well, there you have it, folks. The Big Marley Minute. Kyle, anything you want to tell the fans before we talk next week? Uh, no, man. I look forward to seeing a lot of new people in the contest. It's a really fun game. Um, I have head-to-head posters if anybody wants to play me. Uh, but if you come at the King, you best not miss. <laughs> well, make sure you follow Kyle on Twitter at BigMarley3. Kyle, thanks again for the time, and uh, we'll talk next week on the Big Marley Minute. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you then. Oh, man, Kyle, Kyle's a fucking expert, man. <laughs> we're, we're, we're blessed to have him on the show, man. So let's talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So, Shaq, what is the fight to watch for UFC Auckland? Man, um, my fight to watch is going to be uh, Daniel Kelly versus Derek Brunson. For those reasons I had said earlier, man, I'm, I'm very curious to see if I'm uh, right about my thoughts on Brunson. Um, even though I do think he's the better fighter, I just think mentally... I just can't imagine how, like, I just don't see him being good mentally after his last two fights. Um, and I'm and I'm I'm high on Kelly, man. I like his style. I like, you know, his little uh, dad bod thing he's got going on. And um, <laughs> I'm interested to see how he does, man. Man, it's such an intriguing fight, you know, for the reasons you mentioned, obviously. And I want to see if Derek Brunson can go out there, get back to his, you know, early blitzing ways. And if he doesn't, I want to see if Dan Kelly can keep the streak going. Because, look, man, it's not just a feel-good story anymore. He's ranked in the top 15. He's got a win over a legend now. He can retire today and say that he beat Rashad Evans. I know it's the ghost of Rashad, but look, for Rashad to make 185, he had to take that shit extremely seriously. You saw how shredded Sugar was there, so... This is going to be a very interesting fight. Definitely one to watch. And for me, man, my fight to watch is Ben Nguyen versus Tim Elliott. Look, this is this has a very high chance of winning fight of the night. You know that if they scramble on the ground, the scramble is going to be insane. But you also know if they stand, I mean, Ben 10 with that blitz, Tim Elliott with the cartwheel kicks. I have a feeling that's going to be fight of the night. Yeah, man. Uh, Tim Elliott's always action. Yeah, and he usually always loses too. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens with that one. And Shaq. Who is your fighter to watch for UFC Auckland, man? Um, man, my fighter to watch, um, I'm going to go with uh, Volkanovski, man. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see if he takes care of business the way he should. Put him out and put him away quick, man. Don't, don't go out there losing our rounds like, uh, 
like Pedro did to Stasiak, like go out there and smoke him and be done with it. Yeah, you know, you stole my fighter to watch, so I'm going to go with Dan Hooker. Look, man, we've been eyeing this spot for a long time, and even though I don't like the prize, you like the prize, but for me, I'd like, you know, it opened a pick him, so I want it to be a pick him again, but still, with Dan Hooker, he is a 500 fighter in the UFC, but he's a young kid, he's moving up a weight class, he's fighting at home, and he's got a chance here to get a name victory under his belt, man. I mean, when you beat Ross Pearson, even though Ross Pearson is also a 500 fighter, Ross Pearson also loses every other fight. When you beat Ross Pearson, it, it does things for your career, man. It takes you to that next level. It gets you another big fight. It gets you a fight with Joe Lowe's on next. You know what I'm saying, man? So beating Ross Pearson will be very crucial for the career of Dan Hooker. So that is my fighter to watch for UFC Auckland. Yeah, man, I'm interested to see how Hooker does at 155 with the 10 extra pounds. Definitely. Well, one quick thing I want to say about the Kelly Brunson fight. Did you know Brunson has a seven-inch reach advantage? Too bad he doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shaq, we did it, man. It's going down this Saturday in Auckland. Saturday for us, Sunday for all the Australians and, and the Kiwis out there. And, man, let them know where to follow you. Let them know what's coming up. I heard you got well, – what's this TSM betting guide oh, yeah, you're talking man. about? Um, July 7th, man. We're back at it, man. I mean, the full guide coming out. Um, just, you know, my betting picks, you know, uh, what does TSM get, stand for? Oh, uh, the sport matrix. Um, oh, okay. yeah, it's a, a website. I think the Twitter handle is, uh, TSM underscore MMA. And then my Twitter handle is, uh, MMA genius 05. And I mean, I'm always down to, uh, talk shit on Twitter, man. What kind of shit are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> MMA shit. <laughs> man, I'm stuck for this betting guy you got coming yeah, out. Yeah, man, I'm taking it seriously, man. It's about time. You know, I just feel like it's a good spot, and um, we're going to see what happens. I heard you have one of your biggest plays to date for that card. Um. Yeah, I mean, that weekend is going to be big. I mean, let's just go ahead and say it. I, I, don't, nah, don't, don't say, say it? it? Okay, never mind. All right, I won't say it, but... You know, you know what I'm saying? We can uh we can talk about that later, but um yeah, we got some big bets coming up. I mean, and there's gonna be no 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 fraudulent shit here, man. I mean, I'll post the pick, you know, of everything. It's it's I'm gonna be that deep into the game, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we got Shaq on that third party tracking exactly. suit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. Shaq and I will be back next week to break down the next card. And hopefully if the price is right, I got another max bet coming. We'll see what happens with that price. And we'll see if this guy drops the ball or not, <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah, until the next time, let's cash these bets.